Welcome to the Ravens Nevermind, a conversation about movies, books, and music. Anything that is entertainment-wise, I'm Kim. And I'm John. And, oh my God, John, look, we are actually in the same room talking to each other. Oh my God. I know, that's kind of a shock, but it's it's been a while. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely has been a while. Been almost a year since we've last recorded. I'm sure there are actually a couple people who have asked me that I work with going, when are you going to record again? When are you going to record again? I'm like, uh, whenever we both get time and actually can see each other and have the equipment, because I don't know if every anybody out there who is listening can notice the sound difference that is right now because I have listened to some of our old ones and frankly do not like the sound of my own voice which is weird because we're talking uh there is a delay there sounds it definitely sounds like we are in separate rooms well which we were because well you were at your house and I was at work and yeah we were doing some sort of online meeting which uh it wasn't the best thing but now uh, no, santa claus brought us a little toy that uh, allows us to uh do some nice quick uh and hopefully good quality recording so we'll see what happens well we can hope <laughs> okay if you if everybody out there remembers what the last thing i said on our last episode today we are going to talk about stephen king's the stand and i hope everybody You've had time to read it, and yes, it is a quite a large tome. I'm the unabridged version. Hold on, give me one second. Wow, you can hear the book pages in here too. Oh my goodness! Well, it, just it, proof that you're actually looking at a book. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it that just makes it seem like I don't read. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I listen to audio books, but that's a different story. Hey, audio books are great. If you don't have time to sit down with a book and you can listen to a book going to work, that's awesome. It is. Okay, about my uh, version of it is over a thousand pages long. That's the unabridged version. The book itself was published in 1978. Holy cow. It's been, what, 40, it'll be 44 years this year, how old this book is. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of amazing, because every time I think about The Stand, I think about the late 80s, but I'm pretty sure that when I think about The Stand in the late 80s, what I'm actually um, mentally referring back to is the um, um, original miniseries that they did on TV. That was in 1994, actually, when the original miniseries was okay well hey late 80s mid 90s we're close <laughs> yeah yeah kind of like kind of like throwing a dart yeah. big dartboard with time on it um that's actually what we're going to be talking about today we'll touch on the book itself a little bit but uh in 2020 abc plus or no uh, abc excuse me cbs yeah. CB, cbs plus thank Paramount you plus. yep could not come out with that one uh, came out with a new miniseries about the book, and it was a 10-part miniseries, an hour long for each episode. And so we're going to discuss the differences between the two and how well they interpreted the book, the characters in the book, all of that kind of stuff. So let's start with, we'll start with the most recent one, the 2020 version, 
Uh, what, what are your thoughts, John? Well, I like the book. Um, I, I, I think the, I think, um, I, I have said recently that I think there should be a federal law against people producing movies from Stephen King books, um, because it, it seems to be a really, really rough road a lot of times. Um, and that's that's pretty much with just about everything that Dave tried to do. I think the the best things they've done from Stephen King books have been the ones that have been original screenplays or original stories. Um, now the most recent version of The Stand, um, there were parts that were very very painful. Um, one of the ones that sticks out to me now now overall. I will give you, I thought the uh, the actor selection was very good. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that one. Um, Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg. Oh, I, I think that was very good. Oh my God. Not only is he a very good looking man, he is an excellent actor. He can pull off the, excuse, the asshole, you know, evil version of it, but also the very seductive part of that character oh undoubtedly i mean i thought that was uh probably the best um i think that was probably the best thing about the character is he just fit the persona to a t oh yeah he's just present because he's oh he's six three so he's just statue you know physically wise he's very commanding and he can talk very softly but then he can get that listen to me voice which is perfect. Yeah, I agree. And what I thought the other casting they did very well was Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail. I don't know. What did you think? Oh, I didn't have I didn't have a problem with Mother Abigail in either one. But I thought Whoopi Goldberg did a did, did a great job. Um, you know, it always amazes me the um, uh, actors and actresses that have started out as comedians how well they basically make the transition if you want to call it in, in into acting although i think um being a comedian is pretty much acting on, on its own but if you take a look at uh not only whoopi goldberg but uh, uh steve martin and robin williams um yeah so I, I i would agree i i'm a big whoopi goldberg fan not that i watch everything that she does but i think she's um, very admirable in the roles that she plays Okay, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Maybe we should start off with what the story is of The Stand. It is basically a bioweapon that got loose, made by the U.S. government, and it it killed off 99% of the world's population. And it, King, like, I guess he takes uh, civilization... And society and breaks it into two groups. One is, quote, evil and one is, quote, good. It's basically a battle between good and evil. Randall Flagg is the leader of the evil group. And Mother Abigail is the spiritual leader, so to speak, of the good group, wouldn't you say? I think yeah. that's about it. Yeah, I think that's what you've got is... Um... I, I don't know whether they were actually broken into two camps as it seemed that, um, well, well, that's the way it comes down. But I think what happened is the survivors were either in tune 
um, based on their their personal how they are as a person as to whether they go they were going to dream a Randall flag and head his direction or dream of Mother Abigail and head her direction because it all started um, the the way that they were called were through very vivid dreams yeah. with both characters talking uh, talking to them and and some people. Um, especially the people on the good side had dreams both directions. They dreamt both of Mother Abigail and Randall Flagg. But yeah, as Kim was saying, it was basically, it came down to um, good versus evil for for the survivors. Yeah, and it was, uh, you could actually say it's a, a sociology lesson, basically saying this is what people do when a catastrophe happens like you're sitting at home with your family and what they call captain trips which um affects your family you're the only one left and you're basically only there's two of you maybe alive in your wherever you live and how it affects your psyche and they he actually does get into the fact that there were people who uh, spoiler warning and a little trigger warning here killed themselves because they were lonely or they couldn't handle the fact that they there was nothing left. It was just them. And personally, I don't think I would be able to uh, survive very long alone and without my family. Well, and I think I think that comes down to, uh, again, uh, the people, because that's a third option that we didn't really um, mention. You had the good, you had the evil, and you had the people that decided to check out because they couldn't handle it. And that's not judging them. It's just, um, you know, sometimes if you don't have that anchor to hold on to, you feel things may, may be hopeless. And I think what happened is if you paid attention to the dreams and you headed one direction or another, you found community, regardless of whether it was a bad community or a good community. And a great deal of the book had to deal with that journey because I think most of the book, if I'm remembering correctly, had to do with the journey to where they were going with Mother Abigail. Once they got there, which was probably, I'm going to guess, three-quarters of the book? Yeah, it was showing each... Uh, group because there were little micro communities going to the set places like Mother Abigail's group went to Boulder, Colorado and the Randall Flagg group was in Las Vegas which is kind of hilarious how they always call it Sin City Yeah, and I'm like well uh, you could have probably thought of something a little more inventive just like hey all the the quote evil people are going to Sin City. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty interesting though. But yeah, I I think um, yeah, you you had a lot of story because the story on how they got there and the interactions between everybody in the group um, was a major major part of um, what was happening. It was almost like uh, the main the, the the people that were the main focus were either the main demons on the bad side or they were the main uh, apostles on the good side. Yeah. And um, it's just reading it and seeing these 
different people, they weren't all like all just good, you know, good people or just all bad people. They were people. And with the dreams, it was showing like with the Randall Flag dreams, hey, come here. If you come to me, you can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And with Mother Abigail, it was more of a loving kind of come come with me. You'll find community. You'll find love. You'll find all of this. But it's still going to be hard. She was never like sugarcoating it saying, oh, no, it's going to be a walk in the park or anything like that. It's going to be hard. Well, and I, I think also with what you were saying, um, with they were just people, uh, even the people that went uh, to Vegas with Randall Flagg, there are a lot of people that at one point in time started uh, regretting their choice. But at that point in time, they either didn't feel they could get away, which they couldn't because they, they'd end up being killed, or um, it just became... Um, trying to think how to put it. It just became uh, mundane and they got bored with it, but it didn't change their behavior. They just kept moving forward, being the uh, the lazy jerks they were, doing doing the bad stuff instead of, uh, not no pun intended, making a stand. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. actually, that's probably one of the lines from it. And it's both in both miniseries and the book, Mother Abigail saying to... Uh, where four of uh, the characters had to go to Vegas to stop Randall Flagg, she said, you have to go and make a stand. Yeah. Uh, against evil, basically. And uh, that if I was one of those four people, I probably would have been like, um, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really don't feel like walking... From Boulder, Colorado, over the Rocky Mountains to Vegas just to save humanity, which from my perspective, yeah, I most likely would be in Boulder, but I probably think, uh, they're over there, I'm over here, and can we just leave it at that? Well, I think that's probably what a great number of the people in Boulder um probably actually thought, you know, if we stayed away from them, left them alone, maybe they would leave us in peace, which is the way I think a lot of good people think, uh, because they think like good people, and they don't really think as bad people who are going to say, oh, yeah, it's a nice idea, but we're going to come take what we want anyhow. Um, You know, the people that were chosen to go, I don't know if they were uh, all that excited about it, but they saw the necessity, and they bought into it. Um, and the way that they were sent with only the clothes on their back um, was was quite interesting, but it, but it turned out to be a cleansing journey. And when they got there, uh, they were more than in the uh, uh, mindset to do what needed to be done. Yeah, they could actually say, I'm here and I can make this sacrifice for those people, which not very many people could do. Actually say, okay, yeah, I'm going here. I'm going to make a stand, and if I have to die doing it, so be it. Not very many people could probably say that ever. No, I would agree. Uh, oh, I'm sorry to everybody. We are kind of getting into a religious aspect here with the good and evil. Um, 
That's just how the book is written. I don't. Well, it, it, it's to, it's totally um, it's totally a religious story. Well, yeah. Um, you know, so uh, you know, if you don't like religious stories, good versus evil, don't read the book. Don't listen yeah. to the book, and yeah. don't watch the miniseries and stuff. Yeah. But um, I will tell you that I I have read um, the majority of the books that Stephen King has written, and I have probably read The Stand a minimum of four or five times. And it, it, it never bores me any time that, that I read it, because every time I read it, I find something new with the thing. Well, that's the thing about a good book. You can reread it many times and still find enjoyment in it and find new things. Now, go, go ahead back to the uh, where you want to go with the yeah, actors. With stuff. the actors, like in the original miniseries in 1994, one of the main characters, Stu Redman, was played by Gary Sinise. And... The actor's age is more along the lines of in the book. The man was in his mid-30s or so. He had been married. He had a... There was a tragedy where his wife died, I think. I believe so. So he had some life to him, some life experience. James Marsden played the same character in the 2020 version. Now, yeah, he's about the same age as the character in the book, but I don't think he came across as a um, man who has already experienced things in life. He, yes, he was in the military and he sort of got that across that, yeah, I know what it's like to be in the military, but it didn't resonate as much as Gary Sinise's portrayal of the character. Yeah, I would say when the original came out, um, you know, it, it was um, it, at that point in time uh, that I think that was early in Gary Sinise's career because I really didn't realize who he was. Um, but but both of the people that played Stu Redman, I thought, did, did a good job because the one thing about Stu is he was never quick to anger and never quick to fly off the handle. Um, and I think they both brought that across. I yeah, that was. I thought that was a really, really uh, good thing from both of them, but yeah, Stu was a little bit, a um, um, little bit more worldly, and Gary Sinise's character, um, you know, was a lot closer th- th- than the other way. Yeah, the one portrayal I kind of like character-wise that I did not like, especially with the twenty twenty version, was uh, Larry Underwood. Yeah, Underwood. Thank you. Um, the original character is white and he was a musician and he was on the rise in his career because he had, what did he say? The Motown sound. He had a lot of soul in his voice. Yeah. In the 2020 version, I have no problem with gender swapping a character or, uh, changing a race of a character. So in 2020, they made Larry Underwood a black man, which is fine. But they changed the character to he was a drug addict and almost to the bottom of his career, which totally changes the character for me that he already lost everything. But in the original, he lost, you know, he did lose everything. He lost his career. He lost his fame all of that kind of thing. And it just kind of irked me a little bit. 
Well, and I would agree with you because I think that was one of my major stumbling blocks with the most recent series um, were some of the character changes. Um, I think some of the, the actors and actresses they picked in the more recent version I thought were a little bit more spot on. Um, however, I think the story change um, was a little bit of a pain in the neck. Larry Underwood, I agree with you. I have no problem with uh, changing how you're doing the casting for the character, but don't change the character's backstory. Yeah. Because uh, don't, don't take somebody that was not a drug addict and turn them into a drug addict because that seems to be a little bit more stereotyping than, than, than anything else. That just, um, yeah, I didn't like that at all. The other one that I had a problem with was Franny. Because in this more recent series, they portray her at the beginning as a weakling who tried to commit suicide and Harold had to save her. Well, that's a bunch of bullcrap. Because yeah. it was actually Franny that was saving Harold, who was a weenie throughout the entire thing before he became a big weenie. Um, <laughs> Physically. Yeah. And, and, and honest, honestly, I was like... You've got to be kidding me because she was she was probably one of the strongest characters throughout the entire book. And Harold went from a whiny little baby into um, a scheming, backstabbing. Um, um, yeah, he would have been good on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, he probably would win on Survivor. He would be the one with the POV kind of. Uh, interview going they don't know who i am i already have the idol which sorry if you've watched survival you actually know what i'm talking about well and that's that's the thing that i think bothered me the most with the most recent series is they just changed the characters and and to me they changed the story because the in in the original book when everything is all said and done and there's even some things when the all said and done is happening in Vegas that didn't uh, didn't go the, the the way the book did, but then you have um, Stu and Franny heading back east, and there was all kinds of stuff that they put in that I was going, what is this? That was Stephen King, actually. That last episode, he broke that, so he put that whole like scene in where Franny confronts uh, Flag in a dream, like a hallucination when she got hurt. And that didn't happen. No, and she didn't get hurt because they made it all the way back to Maine, I believe, unscathed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so that whole thing, I mean, you know, it's like, it's bad enough when somebody outside... um, of the author himself makes changes. But when the author jumps back in and makes changes, that even gets more infuriating because if you wanted that in there, you should have wrote it in a book or come out with yet another revised edition, Stephen. Well, that's the funny thing about King is that everybody complains that his endings suck. And that could have been the reason why he totally rewrote that ending is like, oh, wait, I can fix it. No, you didn't. No. You actually made it worse. No, because that was like, uh, you know, that, um, the, the, the traveling back to Maine was an afterthought. It was yeah. like, you know, okay, the game is won. Now what are we going to do after we win the game? Well, this is what Stu and Franny are going to do. We're heading back to Maine. And then you have some sort of idea about what Randall Flagg was into. And, 
you know that um, you know the folks in the community were going to be doing what they were doing and it looked like life was getting back to normal and at that point in time in the book you can make up your own mind with your own imagination what was going on yeah and that was another thing with both of the miniseries Franny was pregnant the whole story in the end she had a little boy that she named after her father in the book but in both miniseries she had a little girl that she named after Mother Abigail I don't understand why they did that I I don't understand that either uh, like, because I mean it would make more sense to me to name name it after your your father because it's it, it it's a family thing yeah and if you want to remember her that's fine and dandy or if you have when you have a daughter uh, which she did in a book when you have a daughter then name it Abigail yeah so maybe that that's probably you, you have a lot. Um, well, referencing one, one other Stephen King movie that uh, I understand why they didn't do the ending like they did in the book, uh, because you got to have some sort of feel-good tie-in there. And that's probably what it was. You know, we're going to have a daughter. We're going to name her Abigail. Uh, you know, feel-good tie-in because of everything Mother Abigail meant to him. The other book I'm referencing is Cujo. The little boy dies at the end in the book, okay? Get over it and kill him in the movie. <laughs> Sorry. That's what some of my pet peeve on Stephen King movies. <laughs> well, everybody likes that. <laughs> I don't do it like the book. Kill the little boy in the movie. It's awful. You you like these Chucky movies. You like these other, um, uh, you, you know, Jason movies and all this slasher stuff. But you can't take something that that may possibly happen in real life. Get over it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my two cents for what it's worth. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, we're not going to ever get into uh, a lot of... Because both John and I love Stephen King, like he said before. I have read a lot of his books. There have been some that I have not liked at all, like um, Pet Cemetery. Did not like it. I mean, I'm sorry. You you go bury your cat, and he comes back and kills your kid. So what do you do? You go and bury your son? And then your wife. And then he comes back and kills your wife. Uh, what? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. So we will um, pick another, or I should say I will, because I am, quote, the creative director. And I sort of pick all of the ideas we do. We will pick another King book and hopefully not argue too much because we're not doing it. We've already had a discussion off mic about how somebody doesn't like any of the movies. That would <laughs> yeah. be correct. Yes. Love the book. He hate, he loves the book, hates the movies. Well, I could live with the, the miniseries that they did, but the, but the latest movies, yeah, first part, yeah, second part, burn it. <laughs> so, but so, that's that. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because we don't want to go too long. Um your thoughts on book versus both miniseries? Um, totally enjoyed the book. Um, probably like the first miniseries a little bit better than the second one because at least it tried to stay true to the story. Um, the, the, the newest uh, series, I thought, um, deviated just a little bit too much for me, especially in, in a big the big killer there was when you change the characters and change their backstory. That's just wrong. Mm. 
Okay, and my opinion is, again, I do love the book. Read it many times. Um, the miniseries, the first one, was of its time. It, uh, of course, special effects. There really wasn't very many in there anyway. But, again, of its time, it was okay. It was enjoyable to watch. The second one, oh, my God, uh... In my opinion, it was a complete and utter dumpster fire. They had so much potential. They had time. They had money. They had actually good casting, and they threw it all away. So that's my opinion. Um, talk. Let us know about your opinion about it. You can tweet us at at the Ravens Nevermind on Twitter. Um, we do have an Instagram, and that is the same at. Ravens Nevermind on Instagram. Hopefully I can get some more pictures lined up on there. Um, we do have a logo, and I'm sure you've all seen it. I have a friend who designed it for me, and for us, I should say. And he did have it up on a site where you could buy t-shirts. Well, right now we're having a little problems with that site, but as soon as that can get back up, you can actually buy a Ravens Nevermind t-shirt. There's three actually versions of it the original there's one that we created for world aids day and then there's a pride version as well our little raven he's uh holding a pride flag so as soon as we can get that settled we will definitely you can definitely buy one john has his well i have his down at my house totally forgot to bring it up I do have one myself, and so does all my family. Christmas presents. So, like I said, I'll tell you all about that when it comes up. But until next time, read a book, watch a movie, listen to some music, enjoy yourself, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>